Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Jason Sargent. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Thank you, amazing team. Welcome to all those joining us online this morning. Special shout out to my amazing wife, Tammy, my beautiful daughter, Sophie, at home this morning, recovering from a little bug. So good, so good. Marina, Yora, welcome along. It's so good to, to be able to share with you this morning, just share what, what God has um, placed upon my heart. And already just, uh, even this morning, just through communion and uh, the, the worship and, and the way Pastor Will led us, I feel like God's really wanting to speak to us this morning. So I, I just pray that our, our hearts are open to receive because, because I believe that there's something that, that he wants us to take hold of this morning. I don't know what it is for you, but I, I believe there's something about to happen. Something's about to be broken free. That there, there, there's blessing waiting on the other side. And, and I believe that's what we're going to step into this morning. Because who's enjoyed the, uh, the commissioned series? It was so good. I, I think one of the, we were talking about it um, at the Thursday group that I go to, uh, and, and just what we'd kind of individually taken away from it. And I think that the resounding thing or the, the consistent theme across everyone was just actually there's, a, there's an ease to discipleship. And often we can think it's quite difficult, quite hard. It involves this big complex process or something or, you know, this whole, you know, learning plans and all this other sort of stuff. Uh, but actually it's as simple as just living life and living it with others and knowing that we're walking in the blessing of God. Because when we know that, that that's what we actually share out, right? You know, the the... the the scripture for it was from Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Right in this moment, he's with you. Whatever you're going through, he's with you. Whatever is coming up, he's going to be with you. Whatever you've just been through, he was with you. And that's the thing this morning. I, you know, I was talking to Pastor Will about, you know, what will I, will I share? And he asked me to talk around blessing and prayed into it. And, and the word that I got from God was, I want my people to take the blessing back that was rightfully theirs. I, I feel that, that for, for some of us, that it has perhaps been stolen, it's perhaps been destroyed, it's perhaps been manipulated with, interfered with by the enemy. John 10.10 10 says it like this, the thief came only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to its full. That's what we're going after this morning, friends. That's what we're going after, going after the life and life to its full, because that is the promise of God. That is the promise of blessing that we now get to step into because of what he did on the cross for us, because he was victorious on the cross for us. We step into that right in this moment. Numbers 6, 22 to 27. 
the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. I will bless them. Come on, this morning it's about returning to that promise. This morning it's about it, it's taking it back. No enemy, you do not have ground here. Come on, this is God's place. This is holy ground that we stand on. It is what he prepared for us. It was his plans for us. Because, you know, you hear a lot at the moment about the cost of living crisis, and, and I 100%, I get that. There is. But, but when I look at the news and when I look at what's going on around the world at the moment and, and even here locally in New Zealand, I think there's also a hope crisis. I think there's also a joy crisis. I think there's also a faith crisis. And I think it's because we have let the, the world steal from us the very things that God had intended for us, the very blessing that he intended us to step into. But I also don't want us to be too narrow this morning in our definition of blessing. Because yes, it does, it does mean happiness, but it also means those other things. It also means having hope in our life. It also means having joy in our life. It also means having faith, provision, the love of Jesus alive in our life. And this morning, we want to take that back. You turn with me to Matthew 5, 1 to 10, message translation. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions, and this is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you'll find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be brought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At that moment of being careful, you find yourselves being cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your heart and your mind put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of to compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution, the persecution drives you to even deeper relationship with God. You know, as I mentioned before, I, I think there's stuff in the, in the outside world and, and society and, and the, the noise that we continually hear, whether it's on TV or online or wherever it is, that, that starts distorting and starts interfering with the blessing that, that, was a, that was promised to us. I want to unpack a little bit of that very quickly. 
See, see the, the worldly view is often that we be independent, that we be able to work it out ourselves, that, that I can work out the best plan for me, that I can work out how to do this, that I'll work out which way to go, that I'll work out how I'm going to manage my family, I'll work out everything. But actually, when, when we're at the end of our, when we acknowledge, or in other translations, when we acknowledge our need of Jesus, that's when we find we have more of God in our lives. That's when we step into the kingdom of heaven. That's when we know the blessing. The worldly view that, that we should have happiness at all cost. And, and often that's presented as, well, if I, if I go buy this thing, that'll make me happy. If I go after this thing, it'll make me happy. You know, I've faced a major upset. Well, I'll, I'll go and deal with it through, uh, what is it, uh, shopping therapy. Or, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go buy something that'll make me feel better. But actually, the, the, the godly view is when we have uh, lost something dear to us, when we're mourning, that's when we get embraced by Jesus. That's when we find comfort in Him. And that's the blessing. That's the blessing. In the world that we go after power and control, if I, if I can just be more successful, if I can make it that next step, if I, if I can be that next thing. But, but when we're humble, when we're content with who we are, that's when we realize we have access to everything that can't be bought. You know, a couple of years ago, we went on a mission to India. And who knows that, you know, there's things, they're not in, in, with a whole lot of material stuff. They are living in, in poverty, living in the slums. But there's a joy, there's a faith, there's a hope. Because they go to God to find who they are. They go to God to get their reward. They go to Him for the blessing. When we pursue our own personal needs ahead of anything else. But when we actually thirst and hunger for God, hunger and thirst for justice, that's when we get the greatest meal. That's when we become satisfied. When we go after things and, and, and you know, often sometimes hear that, that terminology, well, the, the, the ends justify the means. I, 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 can, I can be okay with how I got there because when I got there, it was all good. I can be okay with, with using this manipulation or whatever it might be because, because the ends justify the means. But, but when we care for people, when we're merciful, that's when we'll be cared for. That's when we'll be shown mercy. You know, deception and the worldly. You know, deception's almost become so commonplace now that, that there's a whole TV programs and series about it, right? And some of those are like, <laughs> but, but, you know, that's the, the reality is that we're now living in this world which there's so much deception and, and people just, just being untruthful. But, but when our heart and our mind are put right, when we have pure hearts, that's when we will see God in the outside world. That's when we'll see what he's up to. See him in the things that we're believing for. You know, in the, in the world, we go after personal peace, but not always the concern for the fact that the world's in chaos. But come on, when we show people how to cooperate, how to how to do life without fighting or competing. 
That's when we discover who we are in God's home. That's when we discover our identity. The blessing. And, you know, it's, a, it's about recognizing Jesus. It's about putting him front and center again. It's about recognizing that he is our shepherd, that he is where we find our strength, that his goodness and his mercy does follow us every day. Because sometimes in the, the chaos of the world, in the chaos of all the noise that we're hearing, I, I think we sometimes got to reorientate ourselves to Jesus, reorientate to his plans, to his ways. And I love the, that this morning we've been encouraged in that. Because too often, it's getting stolen from us. It's getting interfered with. And we sometimes start finding our language becomes, oh, I'm not deserving of this blessing. I don't deserve to, to have that. Oh, if only I'd done this. If only I'd done that. If only I was this person. If only I was that person. And the enemy loves that moment. Because who knows what comes out of our mouth is often a reflection of what's in our heart and our mind. But come on, can, can this morning, can our language change? Can it be that, no, in Jesus, I find what I need. No, you are my strength. You are my shepherd. You are the one who leads me. You are the one who guides me. You are the one who cares for me. Philippians 4, 4-9, Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. When Paul wrote this, the commentary reminds us that he was in prison at the time. But where he started was to rejoice. I don't know if I was in prison at the moment, if the first thing that I'd be thinking about would be to rejoice. But come on, we know the end of the story for Paul. He gets released. Maybe if we started to rejoice, maybe if we started with praises, as Mike and encouraged us in communion this morning, come on, let our praise go before the blessing. Come on, can we give him a moment of praise right now because we're about to step into something significant. He's about to do something. If we give him the praise and the glory, he's so worthy of it all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It goes on. talks about taking our, our prayer and our petition and our thanksgiving to him. And in return, he'll guard our heart and our mind. Come on, this is something that we don't have to do by ourselves. We don't have to guard our heart and our mind by ourselves. But actually, God will help us. But it comes from us doing something. It comes from us taking to him the things that we worry about. Taking to him the things that we're anxious about. Taking to him the things that we're fearful about. Letting him take control. 
letting him point in the way, letting him lead us, letting him tempt us, letting him hurt us, to guard us. As I say, maybe our language needs to shift this morning. God, you're my shepherd. God, you're my strength. Your goodness and mercy follow me. I need your presence. It's not just lyrics to a song. But it needs to be our war cry this morning. It needs to be what we sing out, what we believe in our heart, in our mind. Because when, when we start taking back that ground that the enemy has tried to take from us, that's when we start stepping into the blessing. And so what does it look like? It looks like trusting in his ways, trusting in his timing, trusting in his his plan, trusting in his promise. It's exactly what Anna and Pastor Will reminded us this morning, encouraged us in this morning, to surrender it to him, to ask him to come and do a great work in us. We trust his time and his blessing. Psalm 41 to 3. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They'll put their trust in the Lord. You know, even in the wait for David, in the wait, there was blessing. God lifted him out of despair. He set his feet upon solid ground. He steadied his walk. He gave him a new song. And even in this moment, I'm reminded of one of my favorite scriptures that's found in Ephesians 6. That we get to put on the body armor of God. Come on, the, the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the boots of peace. I just love that whole idea of the boots of peace that, that with those that we can stand firm in anything. Those things were made with giant claws in their feet. They went all the way to the top of the length. They were made of metal and great leather. With those, you could stand firm and you could walk through anything. I don't know what you're walking through at the moment or what you need to stand firm on at the moment, but I know this. I know that when we put on the armor of God, when we believe in Him, when we, we surrender to Him, that all of a sudden that we have the boots of peace, which lets us stand firm on our faith, firm on our beliefs, but we can also walk through whatever it is that we might be trying to get through at the moment. To trust in his ways and his plans. Recently, Tammy and I were driving along the road and we saw this truck and it was um, a, a flat pack builder truck. And, uh, and his tagline was, uh, hire me, save your marriage. Hire me, save your marriage. And it, and it reminded me of um, not long after Tammy and I had got our first home and you know, we were starting to get furniture in it. And, and we pretty much became like the, the mocker showroom. Like we had flat packs of everything. And, and so a flat pack would turn up 
And, you know, you'd get into opening it up and you know what it was supposed to look like. And, you know, it wasn't my first rodeo. I'd done a few of these by now. Uh, so I'd be in there, boots and all, you know, getting the hammer, getting the screwdriver, uh, getting all the tools that they sent you. And, and Tim would be sitting there, no, Jason, we have to read the instructions. We have to look at the instructions. We have to know what to do before we start building it. Otherwise, it's going to break and it's not going to work out. And I'd be like, no, no, we've done this before. Like, look, we know what it's going to look like. And we just, like, here goes all the bits. Here goes all the, all the things that we have to make work. And, and, and eventually, uh, I'd come to this point where I'd have to concede. Often that also involves a small apology. <laughs> but I'd have to concede, okay, well, okay, yeah, maybe we just need to look at the instructions for this bit here because... Otherwise, this is going to get a little bit tricky and a little bit delicate and a little bit complicated, and I'm not really quite sure what to do. And instantly from there, right, the, it just gets so much easier to build. You know, and it, and it made me think that, that sometimes life and the situation that we might be in, the circumstance that we might be in, can sometimes be like a flat pack. There's something there to, to be done, there's something there to build, there's something there to believe for, there's something there to do. But, but without the instructions... It's actually really hard work. Without us going to God, it's really hard work. There's no blessing in it. There's no peace in it. There's no joy in it, believe me. <laughs> Definitely no happiness. <laughs> but, but come on, can, can we surrender those things to Jesus this morning? You know, before the end of the service, we're going to go into a moment of worship. And, and the reason why I, I want to do that why I believe God is calling us to do that is because it's going to be a moment when, when we will surrender some stuff to Jesus this morning. Come and be my strength in this. Come and be my shepherd in this. That, that we'll no longer hold tight to those things. That we'll no longer have to retain control. But we'll surrender it to him. Psalm 37, 3 to 5 puts it really well. I uh, wish I'd read this before doing flat packs. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. Trust him. He will help you. Maybe at the moment, it's, it's a, it is a financial crisis. Trust in him. What does his word say? What's he talking to us about? When I pray, what's he pointing me towards? Maybe it's a family crisis. What does the word say? I go to the Bible. Go to the back of the Bible. Look it up. Family, relationship, finance. What does the word tell me? What's God telling me in this? Where's he pointing me? Where's he leading me? Come on, less of me, more of God. That's when we step into the blessing. It's trusting in his promises. We trust in his timing, we trust in his plans, we trust in his promises. Hebrews 13, 5 to 7. Don't love money. Be, be satisfied with what you have, for God has said, I'll never fail you, I'll never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Remember your leaders who taught you the way of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example of their faith. 
Oh, God has promised he will never fail you. Never. He's our helper. Romans 4, 20 to 24. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully, fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the death. Come on, we trust in his promises this morning. Come on, we see it for us. And we are, that we inherit that promise, that same promise for Abraham. We inherit it today. That's what was recorded. It tells us so. You know, about four or five years ago, standing here and praising worship and felt God say, look, Jason, you've trusted me with, with your treasure. You've, you've trusted me with your time. But I'm looking for you to trust me with your talent. And from that, series of things started happening and eventually uh, accepted a, a role here on staff at Equippers Dunedin. And one of the things about accepting that role was quite a significant drop in income. But I went back to that promise. I don't need to worry about the money. I just need to trust in God's promise. The promise was, will you, will you trust me with this? And I'll take care of the rest. And about three or four months later, after taking on the role here, Tammy got offered a phenomenal promotion that in that kind of in a worldly sense didn't necessarily make a lot of sense in, in terms of how many places it jumped and uh, in the de department that she was going to be leading but I believe that God created a way God created a way in that moment that we were we trusted in his promise trusted in his faithfulness trusted him to shepherd us trusted in his strength and he made a way. This morning, what, what are we going to, what promise? Say, God, come and help me with this. God, I hand this to you. I surrender this to you, that you'll have your way in it. I know you're working. Maybe right now, though, you're in the middle of what feels like a storm or it is a crisis at the moment. Come on, even, even in the middle, even in a crisis, I believe there is blessing. I've seen it myself. I know it myself. But also I'm reminded that, that there was a moment when the disciples, that they were in the middle of the storm, that they'd gone out in a boat on the Sea of Galilee and a huge storm had come up. And there, 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 there was already water in the boat and more waves were crashing over the side. See, once you've got water in the boat and more waves are crashing over the side, the, the end is not looking good at that point. But knowing the goodness of Jesus, they go to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you save us? 
instantly he woke up and with one word, he brought calm to that entire situation. Come on, right now, what is it that you can take to Jesus? What is it that you can take to him to know his full blessing? To know his full blessing of love, his full blessing of hope, his full blessing of faith, joy, happiness. To actually see the breakthrough that you're believing for. Just as the disciples did in that moment. Knowing that he is our shepherd, he is our strength. See, David trusted in God and overcame a giant. Daniel trusted in God and took on a lion and won. Paul and Silas trusted in God and began to praise him and the walls of their prison came down, the chains were released. The centurion soldier went to Jesus and trusted in him and his soldier was made well again. The woman with a long-standing issue, health issue, went to Jesus and was made well again in that moment. The father went to Jesus for his daughter, and she was made well. She was brought back to life again in that moment. Come on, what is it this morning that, that when we get to a time of worship that we're going to take to Jesus? Say, Jesus, would you come and bless this part of my life? Would you come and bless this healing? Would you come and bless this breakthrough? Would you come and bless this provision? Would you come and bless this restoration of a relationship? I don't know what it might be, but I know God is good in all things, even when it seems like we're in the middle of something, even when it seems like it's really hard and, and there's no way out of it. Come on, God is in that moment. I, I said, I have seen it myself. I know it. I have witnessed it. Some of you will know of uh, my daughter Sophie, who was born with a, a heart defect, and, and it was a storm for us, going through that time of unknown, uncertainty, or fear of, of just not knowing what was going to happen. And so we started to pray, God, would you protect Sophie? God, would you heal her? Would you do a miracle in her? And I'm still believing that one day we're going to go along to the doctor and, and the doctor's going to be like, wow, I don't know what's happened here, but she is 100% fully healed. That's going to happen because that's been a promise from God. But along the way, God has been at work. There's a time when, when we're going up to, to Starship for one of her first surgeries and, and the plan had always been communicated to us that, uh, when she's about three weeks old, we'll fly you up and um, it'll be on a Monday because they don't like to admit people on a Friday because they reduce staff over the weekend and they don't want anyone else in the hospital and they need to have them there. Uh, so it'll be a Monday, you'll fly up and they'll admit her and they'll do the test and then we'll work out the plan from there. And the Wednesday or the Thursday, I can't quite remember, it might have even been the Thursday, we got a phone call from the hospital to say, oh, actually, uh, we want her here tomorrow, as in Friday, so can you bring her up on Friday? Uh, we'll admit her, and she can be in, and we'll start all the tests and, and all that sort of stuff. We also didn't realize at this time, but we found out later that uh, even though they were going to admit her on the Friday, um, that they, you know, there wasn't going to be that much test done, and probably the surgery was going to be another two or three weeks after that. Um, we found out that later. But, but anyway, uh, so we're up there. She's in hospital. Uh, and then on the Monday morning, about 1 a.m., Tammy gets up to, to feed her and puts her back down in her cot. And, you know, the plan is to go back to sleep. And all of a sudden, all these alarms start going off and, and there's a code blue for Sophie. Just after she's been fed, just after she's been put back down. Her heart at that moment had gone into complete heart block. And, and, and so the reality would have been that, that had we not been up there and had she not been on the monitors, had she not had the medical people there, she probably would not have made it through the rest of that morning to get up. 
But I believe that, that God created a way. God placed us in there. That, well, that wasn't coincidence. That wasn't by chance. That was God at work. We had gone to him. We'd asked for him to bring, to cover her, to protect her. His promise was to do that. And that is a testimony that we will keep on going back to as often as we need to because it shows that his promise is a yes and an amen today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. And, if, and, and I'm here to say, people, if you have a promise, come on, it's yes and amen today. It's yes and amen tomorrow. It's yes and amen next week. Come on, will we believe that this morning? Because it's time that we took back what was rightfully ours, what God did for us, what Jesus did for us on a cross, the promise of blessing. I'll get the team to, to come and join me. Because this morning, what is it? We're going to hand to him what that. We're going to surrender to him. Because he is good. He is our shepherd. He is our strength. He does provide. Psalm 23, 1 to 6. It's a well-known psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in cream pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Come on, that's a word for someone this morning. Let him refresh your soul this morning. Let him lie you down beside a quiet water to refresh you, restore you, that, that you'll take back this morning what's rightfully yours. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Be comforted this morning. Be comforted in his presence. It's not, it's not about looking for what the world has or the world's answer. It's about looking for him. Because he's there with us inside of each of us. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord's forever. God, you are my shepherd. You are my strength. You stand with me this morning. As I mentioned, I've, I've asked the team to, to lead us this morning and full afresh. Because in this moment, I, I believe God is ready. He's wanting. We just have to be willing. We just have to be open to Him filling us afresh this morning. A new measure of hope. A new measure of faith new measure of joy that he will embrace you this morning that he will provide to you this morning well, he knows exactly what's going on in the moment for you and your world he has a way 
part of it is just this one. We just surrender ourselves. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.